Hello, leapers and fellow travelers. Welcome to Fate's Wide Wheel. I'm your host, Sam Fain. And this week, I am going to be doing a quick mid-season recap, talk about the first eight episodes of season two of Quantum Leap. I'm really, really, really excited uh, about what's to come, but I figured now is a perfect time to look back just a little bit. It'll be a solo episode, no interviews, uh, nothing like that this week, although I've got some cool stuff brewing. So hopefully uh, next week, you'll be able to see an interview perhaps, and uh, JJ and I uh, are hoping to get something done very soon as well. In fact, he might even get that before the holidays we'll see so maybe this will be a two episode week um but uh before i get to all of that i want to talk about a few other things um you know it, it has been a very busy busy time for me um and there's been a lot going on um in a show rehearsing a show uh, doing the podcast uh you know organizing stuff trying to keep my head above water when it comes to the holidays and family and kids and uh, everything else that life brings our way. But for the most part, you know, I'm doing, I'm doing all right. Um, that said, there have certainly been um, a lot of things I think weighing on me over the past few weeks. The past week in particular has been really, really interesting. And uh, I know that there are some of you out there that have remarked before uh, about how you've appreciated my openness and frankness when it comes to talking about sobriety and just my journey through mental health in general. And uh, I'm grateful for that. I'm glad that, um, you know, we've been able to connect in that way. Um, I feel like the walls are pretty thin. Um, between where I sit right now and sobriety and the other side. And not because I feel like I'm on the verge of, you know, taking a drink or, or doing anything. Um, I think I'm just seeing the other side a lot more clearly right now than I have in a long time. And there's a multitude of reasons for that. Um, you know, both of the shows that I'm in right now um, have their moments where they deal with substance abuse and alcoholism specifically and the damage wrought by that. Um, the show that I'm in rehearsals for right now, there was some stuff last night that was pretty <sighs> raw. Um, and it certainly, I think, made me feel even more vulnerable than I already was, which is a good thing. I don't think there's anything wrong with being vulnerable. I think it's one of our greatest strengths. I mean, certainly as an actor, I think vulnerability is incredibly important. Um, if not the most important thing, quite frankly. And um, in that moment of vulnerability, um, I was reminded about how trauma and the pain inflicted it never goes away it can heal um you can cope with it you can go on about your day for many 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 days in a row and not even feel it um but sometimes it doesn't take much for it to come rushing right back and you're reminded that it's there, that it's always there, that it always will be there. Oddly enough, there's some strength in that. There's some comfort in that. But there is also hurt and fear and sadness. 
it's interesting the way that those things play out, feed into one another. And I certainly find myself uh, thinking about the way that certain questions and feelings rattle around in the wake of that nerve being pressed, especially when you're on your own journey of, of sobriety <clears throat> and you realize that the demons, you know, that your own parents or those close to you struggled with and the way that they impacted you uh, cause you to ask certain questions that you can intellectually answer that you can intellectually disqualify as a valid question, but emotionally it still pulls on you and weighs on you. Why wasn't I good enough for them to make a different choice? And I know that it's not about that. I know through the benefits of therapy and my own journey, I know that it wasn't about me, that it was about them and what they couldn't do for themselves. But that question it still kind of rattles around and it echoes and all sorts of things come to play. Self-doubt, um, insecurity, vulnerability. And I think that when you see that vulnerability as a superpower, when you see that particular aspect of who you are as an opportunity. It can take you a lot farther than the insecurity and the doubt and the pain. And when you open yourself up to all of these questions that for ages you were trying to silence that I was trying to silence. I think I find a little bit more understanding and not just for myself, but for others, for my parents and for my father specifically. And not in a way that necessarily forgives everything because I don't necessarily know that that's what I'm here to do. Um, it doesn't make it okay. It doesn't mean that the trauma and the pain go away, but it helps to embrace certain aspects of it in ways that when I was not sober, I could not do. And the ability to hear that echo and not feel driven to silence it by any means necessary that's a good feeling there's some not so great feelings associated with it sure because as much as you intellectualize your way out of it it still hurts And there's things that trigger you and you find yourself looking at this 
just thin membrane between parallel universes and you can walk to the other side so easily when at times it's felt like it's been a brick wall a, a six inch steel wall between universes you couldn't even see the other side but now you can see it you can smell it you can almost taste it but again it's almost powerful to stand on the other side and look through and see that and still not walk through and it's hard it's so hard it's scary and it's lonely it's so lonely and this time of year it feels a little bit more lonely and that doesn't mean that you're alone i'm not alone you are not alone there are people out there like me there are people out there like you there's a connective tissue between all of us that struggle with this and everyone has their own path no one way is right for anybody it's what you make of it and mentally emotionally spiritually it belongs to you and I know for me that it's helpful to talk about it, that it's helpful to hear from other people that have been there, you know, it's like that story on the episode of the West Wing when the guy's down in the hole and he keeps seeing people walk by and he's asking for help and nobody can help him. And finally he sees his friend and he's like, Hey, can you help me out of here? And the friend jumps down. He says, what are you doing? Now we're both stuck in here. And the friend looks at him and says, yeah, it's okay. I've been down here before and I know the way out. The value in hearing from people that know the way out is immeasurable. And I'm not saying that I do. I'd like to think I'm getting there though. I see a lot of dialogue in fandoms, you know, about the way things should be, about the way things work or don't work. Approaching situations with an openness in order to receive what's happening. Whether it's a trans character or a character having to deal with trauma or a story taking an unexpected turn. 
or piece of art that you're not thrilled with. <laughs> I think that there's a kindness and a compassion to approach those situations with that can be born out of that openness and that vulnerability. That desire to not want to see anyone fail. That desire to not have to be right. The ability to see past a kind of discourse that leads us to a path that says, I'm right, you're wrong, and that means I'm better. And it's hard. I don't always pass the test. <laughs> But I, I bring it up because you never know what someone else is dealing with on the outside of all of that. And sometimes people latch on to something, whether it's a TV show or a series, a fandom, a game, whatever the case may be, and that becomes their thing, their outlet. And if it disappoints them, if it fails them in some way, it's hard not to be angry. I get that. And sometimes doing the hard thing is the best thing. And so trying to stay open and vulnerable and kind and compassionate, there's a value to that that really is immeasurable. And so as I think about my sobriety and my mental health and the state of quantum leap <laughs> or doctor who or star wars or or whatever i'm reminded that it's important to have space for yourself and space for others. It's okay to be disappointed. It's okay to not like something. It's okay for something to not be for you. But there are a lot of people working really hard to make something, make art. And even if it's not for you, maybe it's for someone else. And even a podcast. Maybe it's not for you. It might be for someone else. But the people that are putting themselves into these projects, their heart, their soul, their passion, their blood, sweat, and tears, even if it's not for you, maybe they still deserve a little bit of kindness and compassion and maybe under the pressure cooker of it all if they say something that might not be okay for whatever reason maybe we can find a way to not give them a pass i'm not saying to give anyone a pass i don't believe in giving passes but i do believe in trying to understand in trying to allow for, I understand where you're coming from, but I think maybe 
this would be a more positive way to put it or something to that nature, to that effect. It's hard enough. Life is hard enough. So I'm going to choose kindness and I'm going to choose happiness and I'm going to choose joy and I'm going to choose compassion as hard as it is, as much as it hurts sometimes, as much as you, you, you run that well until it's dry and you realize, I don't know if I have anything left for myself now. You keep scratching at the bottom and I imagine there'll, there'll be something else there and there'll be a storm that comes along and refills that well until you are overflowing again. I know it can happen. It's happened to me. There's all the hurt and all the pain and all the trauma. It can create more space for yourself, for others. So as we approach a new year on the eve of winter solstice, holiday season, Christmas, make space for yourself. Take care of yourself. It's okay to make space for others too. And it's okay to make space for yourself. You might be wondering, why would they do that right off the bat? <laughs> why not save that to the end? That's just where I am right now. That's just where I am right now. And I wanted to share. And I feel like that there are people that need to hear it. I need to hear it. I need to say it. I'm not afraid to share it with you. Maybe a little afraid. <laughs> okay, maybe maybe even very afraid. But I'm going to do it anyway. Sometimes that's what you have to do. Be afraid, but do it anyway. It gets easier. It does. But it never gets easy. And that's okay too. And that's why it's okay to take a break sometimes. And this time of year especially. You know, if you are fortunate enough to be in a position where work is ending for a few days or more, take it. And if you're not in a position where that happens... And you just need to have a few hours where you don't do anything. Do it. All right, that's my spiel. I love people. I love all of you. People. 
when Eliza was so kind and generous to ask what inspires me, I left one thing out. People inspire me. People inspire me. See it every day. I see it in the rehearsal room. I see it in a Target when I'm shopping with my son. I see it across the dinner table. I see it on TV. <laughs> I see it on this screen sometimes with people like Eliza or Caitlin or Dean or Drew or Nanrissa. Nanrissa is awesome, y'all. The number of people I've been fortunate enough to speak to. And I think, I think that people are, people are where it's at. People just gotta love one another. That's all. So with that said, uh, might I direct you to some of my favorite charities like the Trevor Project and Doctors Without Borders if you are looking to give this time of year. Those are two charities that I love dearly and I think uh, are deserving of support without a doubt. But I would even say before you give to them, if you're in the position to do so, look around your community and see if there's a way that you can help. And it doesn't even have to be money. It could be donating time donating some of the canned goods that are taking up pantry space that you're just sort of like, gosh, I need more space. All right, well, as long as it's not expired, maybe donate it if you're not going to use it. Maybe it's a phone call to someone you haven't talked to in a while. Maybe it's that really difficult phone call, right? A difficult phone call to somebody that you know for a fact is going through a hard time, but you think it's not your place to call them, right? Like they must have other people. Give them a call anyway. Maybe they do have other people. Maybe they'll, maybe they'll be like, oh, yeah, it's good to hear from you. I hope you're doing well. Merry Christmas. Peace out. And that'll be the call, you know? But maybe not. Maybe not. So, yeah. Give back if you can. It's a good time to do it. It's always a good time to do it, I think. It's not possible. Sometimes you're busy. You might be looking at the screen right now or listening to this in your earbuds and thinking like, Sam, I do not have the time. I do not have the space. And that's okay too, because you want to know something else you can do is give yourself a little something. That's what I think. That is what I think. There are a lot of wrongs out there, a lot of wrongs. And I think if we come together, we can at least make some of them right. And for a podcast that likes to talk about a television show like Quantum Leap, I think that's a decent enough message. Well, we are at the mid-season break of Quantum Leap. I don't know if that was the most awkward, smooth segue or the smoothest, awkward segue, but 
let's dive into it. Let's talk about Quantum Leap. Uh, episode eight, Nomad, which we discussed, or Nomads, which is uh, Dean's um, preference, but but it was not the official title, if you will, or maybe that is the official title, but it was called Nomad. Anyway, point is, in the wake of that episode, uh, we now have a wait ahead of us for the next five. We don't know exactly how long it's going to be, uh, although I'm still holding to the late January, early February, which Dean reinforced when he was on the show. Um, I'm hoping that that is what happens. It would be lovely to have the show back by then. Um, you know, we don't know a day and time, obviously, um, but but we'll just have to kind of wait and see. I think we'll probably we'll probably hear sooner rather than later, honestly. Um, I think episode nine is, is, is done or close to being done. Like, obviously it's already been shot. I mean, there, I think they're, they filmed 11, um, this past week. And I, th I think they're done. I think they, I, I, they could be working up until this weekend, but I know that, um, quite a few of the actors have, have wrapped for the year. So, um, so yeah, so we'll we'll see how soon they can come back. But I, I'm I'm guessing that nine might be nine might be done done, ten might be close to being done, and obviously eleven is 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 being filmed, and uh, you know we'll enter that post production process soon. So um, yeah, so so it could be sooner rather than later. Uh, you know we could certainly see some clips or a trailer or something like that. Obviously we did get a couple of clips at the end of Nomad. Um, you know just a, a couple of new ones, not a bunch of new ones. Um, but there was definitely some new stuff in there. Uh, I'm not going to really talk about it much. M mainly, I don't want to do spoilers. And, and also, I, only, I saw it once. Um, so I, I'm not... I, I, I After, you know, it, it's funny. I did not see a lot of the the season two promotional stuff where, where some of the things were kind of, you know, not spoiled necessarily, but there were little things that were spoiled here and there. And so I'm, I'm kind of trying to stay away from a lot of that promotional material, which might seem like a little counterintuitive for a podcast that talks about the show, but I'd rather just talk about the show. Um, and yeah, I mean, there are certain little things here or there that I learn or that I know or whatever, um, or have known, learned uh, prior to an episode airing and that sort of thing. So I'm not trying to say I'm, I'm staying spoiler free, but um but in this instance, like I've just really, really enjoyed kind of allowing the episodes to come to me um, when they can, how they can. So, um, but I would love to talk about the first eight episodes and uh, I don't know that I'll do necessarily like a ranking, you know, like I'm not going to give you my eight episode rundown in a ranking order or anything like that. But I, I will be a little more frank, perhaps in my overall assessment of each episode than I had been in my, you know, individual reviews of the episode. Because again, like in the individual reviews, like I'm always trying to, you know, find the positives and, 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 and what did I enjoy? What did I like? And certainly I talk about the things that might not have been working for me as much. Um, but I'm not here to just like tear something down or tear something up or whatever, because I think there's so much great about the show. I'd rather talk about that than anything that I might see, you know, uh, as, as not working. Although I'm, I'm happy to talk about those things when, when they come across and have done in the past and will continue to do. But the overall tone of the individual episode reviews tends to be a little bit more positive. So in this, I think I'll be a little bit more frank in my assessment of the individual episodes, just for brevity's sake. Um, but I would encourage folks, if they've not actually heard the individual episode reviews, to go back and listen to those because you'll get a, you know, a little bit of a broader picture um, of, of my thoughts on the episodes as a whole. Um, so I'm not trying to give short shrift to any, any of the episodes, writers, directors, actors, or anybody involved, but certainly just want to give kind of a frank uh, opinion of each individual episode. The other thing 
thing that I wanted to talk about is just kind of give a brief overview of my thoughts uh, on the whole. Um, so let's do it. First eight. The first eight episodes of Quantum Leap Season 2, what did I think? Fantastic. Um, better than Season 1 in almost every single way. No, in every single way. Um, everything about it, the writing, the acting, um, the, the choice of leaps. Um, you know, everything was just superb. Um, we had some excellent episodes in season one and, uh, some really good leaps, uh, as well. Um, you know, I, there was some great stuff, especially like on the back end, like fellow travelers, Ben song for the defense. Both of those were really strong episodes that I enjoyed quite a bit and the choices that were made, um, you, you know, getting to see different actors kind of in the, um, imaging chamber, um, in particular, Jen and Ben song for the defense, stuff like that was, was wonderful. And I really enjoyed it. Um, Deborah Wall as, as the guest star and fellow travelers was superb, fantastic. But that said, I just think that overall, and I don't want, I, there were plenty of other great episodes in season one as well, but I think overall, I just feel like these first eight, you know, almost with a few exceptions, almost better than, than anything we saw in season one. And I think that's the way that it should be. You know, I don't think that season one of quantum leap struggled in the same way that season one of say like star Trek, the next generation struggled. I don't think that at all uh, i thought that season one did have a number of incredibly strong episodes somebody up there likes ben you know being another one. Oh, you have little faith um you know there were a lot of really strong episodes in season one that uh told good stories were unique had excellent guest stars somebody up there likes ben john chafin i mean psh, gosh you know it's like I, I said this before but sometimes you see an episode and it's like oh i wish they could bring that person back you know that's certainly one of them but um yeah i, I, I it, saying that is not a dig at season one so much as it is recognizing the jump in 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 kind of the leveling up of the show and i think that that is exactly what should happen um I think the three-year time jump, we've talked about it before, it was a superb idea, brilliant, um, changed things up a, a great deal. Uh, the way that it was handled, for the most part, I think was stellar. Uh, everything with Ben and Addison has worked incredibly well for me. Um, I, again, just the richness of the character development, where these people are, the way that the actors were able to kind of adapt to that time jump, the writing, you know, keeping pace with all of that was, was fantastic. Um, and we got a number of incredible episodes that kind of spun out of that and dealt with, you know, what was happening with these characters characters in wonderful ways. Um, the addition of our, our new recurring actors. Uh, I mean, Eliza Taylor's Hannah is just phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. Um, she's been wonderful. The writing for the character has been out of this world good. Um, and I, I don't know that I've heard one bad thing about her, quite frankly, I am genuinely like in, in, in everything I've seen, I, 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 you know, almost everything is overwhelmingly positive about Hannah. Um, I'm sure you could find it out there. I'm not going to go looking for it. Um, so I, I, I yeah, just a, what a wonderful idea. When I first heard about the uh, addition of a love interest for Ben, um, it was earlier than I probably should have found out, but I found out about it. And when I did, uh, I was intrigued right away. And I, and you know, and here's the funny thing. I didn't think of Doctor Who with River Song. I did not think of the Time Traveler's Wife. The first place my brain went actually was Journeyman, um, which is a show that, you know, we've discussed before on Fate's Wide Wheel. And uh, just remembering the fact that there, you know, he had someone that he had been in love with that he was running into uh, on his leaps, so to speak. And um, and I kind and, and she kind of turned out to be a time traveler as well. And so that's kind of what I was picturing in my head. Um, but obviously it went away from that. 
And, and, and I just, I, I've just loved the way that it's been dealt with thus far. Uh, I will say that the new thing in my head where I've kind of gone, and I mentioned this in the interview with Eliza is I've started to kind of think of it, not as anything like river song, not as time traveler's wife, not as the journeyman thing, nothing like that. I've really started to think of it more as Steve Rogers and Peggy Carter, you know, Captain America and, and agent Carter and, and the MCU. And this idea that, you know, one of them is basically out of time. You know, when when Captain America gets frozen, um, the, you know, the Agent Carter lives her life like her life moves on and his does not. And, you know, then that aspect of time travel, which came into play in, in Endgame and having, you know, them him see her anyway until the very end when they see each other that that idea of of you know somebody's life progressing while someone else is kind of stuck and in particular the scene that stands out to me the most is um in winter soldier when he goes to visit her in the nursing home and that image is burned into my brain i'm not saying that that's what we're going to see with ben and hannah by any stretch but i wouldn't be surprised if something similar happens quite frankly um so that's that's where my brain has been lately when it comes to viewing their relationship, because it's not Time Traveler's wife. It's not River Song. She's not the impossible girl, which is actually Clara and not River Song. But that's neither here nor there. Um, all said, uh, the addition of Hannah has been fantastic. Tom, look again, I want to be frank, not sold on the character at first at all, not sold on the actor at first at all, was really having a hard time with it and thinking like, oh God, is this going to work? I don't know about this. Never once did I think that Tom was going to be a villain. Um, he could still turn out to be, I don't know. I don't think that that's going to happen. I still don't think that's going to happen. But like, it, it, yeah, I, I, I just was not sold on the character of the actor. No disrespect meant it just wasn't working for me. And then something started to happen. He started to have these, these lines, these ideas. And the first of course, was that notion of like the nature of quantum leap being sacrificed, that it's a one way ticket that, you know, it, that appealed to me so much. And, and that was mostly the writing, right? <clears throat> but I thought Peter's approach to it as an actor, the writing, everything about it, it really started to make sense. And I, and I, and all of a sudden I was appreciating the character and the actor a great deal more. And then secret history happened and seeing him in the imaging chamber as the observer as Ben's hologram and the, and, and the interactions between the two of them and the deepening of Tom's character, learning more about the relationship with his wife who passed due to cancer. Like all of this sort of stuff started to really show me a character and, and show me a performance by an actor that I was connecting with. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Now I'm in. And, 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 and in some ways it took six episodes. In other ways, it only took six episodes. So I think that, 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 yeah, I, I'm, I'm definitely on board with Tom. Um, and by the time we got to Nomad and seeing him in, in the situation that he was in and Addison thinking that perhaps he was going to propose to her, all of that sort of stuff, him coming back with the hard drive at the end of the episode. I, yeah, I, I'm very, very intrigued now to see where they go. I am much more confident with the character and with the actor. Um, 
yeah, it's pleasing to say the least. And I, and I, and I'm, and, and, and now I'm on board. And I think that that's great, right? Like it, that's the way it happens sometimes. Not everything is going to just click right away. Sometimes it takes a little bit of time. And, uh, the fact that it did in a way only take six episodes, I think is, is pretty cool. And it really, he didn't even have six episodes, right? Like he was only in like three of those. So again, uh, kudos to the writers, kudos to Peter, kudos to, you know, I mean, it just really, it, it ended up working really, really well. Um, and I'm looking forward to seeing what happens next. Um, so yeah, so that's kind of my overall impression just of the of the season. Um the you know, the boss with the chip and the stuff with Ziggy and Ian and Rachel uh and, and Jen obviously being involved with that as well is is interesting to me, but it is not the focus of the season. I don't think this season needs to have a big bad. I was actually talking about this on Reddit earlier today. Uh, this is not a season about a villain. This is not a season about a villain of the week. This is not a season about some sort of meta plot myth arc you know, big bad that has to be defeated by the end of the season. To me, this is a season about love. And this is a season about love. And we're seeing it from so many different angles. We're seeing it obviously with Ben and Hannah. We're seeing it with Ben and Addison. We're seeing it with Addison and Tom. We're seeing it with Ian and Rachel, Magic and 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 Beth. So so love to me has, has been really the theme of this story more than anything. Obviously, that's sort of like you know, humanity versus technology is certainly something at play this season as well. The number of times we've seen the crew have to use, uh, you know, kind of like old school forms of research versus Ziggy in order to find something is is, is interesting as well. Um, but of course, of course, the boss with the chip is going to come back into play at some point. Like, I, I, I mean, I, I think that that will be a part of it, but I don't think that that's what this season is about in the same way that, you know, season one kind of revolved around Martinez and, you know, what was happening with that and, uh, you know, why Ben left, etc. That's not what this season is. And I think it is better for it. Um. So there you have it. That's my that's my overall impression of uh, of season two as we as we hit the mid season finale. Uh, now let's talk a little bit about individual episodes. Um, so let's start with this took too long. I thought this took too long was uh, a great episode. It was a perfect season premiere. It was a wonderful way to get back into the show or even get into the show. I'm not saying that watching this took too long as your very first episode is the perfect way to start this iteration of Quantum Leap. Um, whereas I do think that you could have like started with honeymoon express in, in in the classic series and been fine i do think that this is the type of series that watching that as your first episode you probably would eventually want to go back and catch up on some of season one if not all of season one but that said if it was your first episode i don't think there'd be a problem with it um that's how strong it was that's how you know the individual story itself played out i loved the guest ensemble i thought everyone did a wonderful job the characters were intriguing. And at the time the episode aired, I was like, this is just one of the best episodes I've ever had. How funny it is that now it almost pales in comparison to some of the episodes we've gotten since. Um, I do think it sets the stage in so many ways. I thought it was wonderfully written. I thought it was expertly directed. Uh, the performances were great. I mean, Ray was phenomenal, has been phenomenal the whole season, but specifically to that episode, did a wonderful, wonderful job seeing Ian come in at the end, getting the information that it's been three years. You know, it was, it was, it was a great, great moment for this series. So yeah, episode one was, was, was just wonderful and, and a perfect season premiere. Then we get Ben and Teller <clears throat> episode two. Ben and Teller might be the weakest episode of the whole season. Um, I think that the leap story did not, um, it just didn't play for me. I did not think the guest cast was nearly as strong as the other guest casts we've seen throughout the rest of the season. Um, I, you know, the writing was fine. 
Uh, I think that that it was, yeah, it just didn't work. Some of the stuff happening back at the project felt a little, it was convenient. It was easy. It was, you know, it needed to happen so that we could advance the plot. I get that. I'm willing to kind of just be like, all right, fine. Uh, but overall, I think it was probably the weakest episode of the season. However, we also had some absolutely wonderful moments between Ian and Ben as Ian is the hologram. And we got what is for my money, one of the best moments of acting in the series. Uh, and I include the classic series when I say this, and I am fine going out on the limb and saying it. When Ben realizes that Addison has moved on, that moment from Ray is spectacular. It is just, just go back and watch just his eyes, just watch his eyes and then just watch his mouth and then watch his whole face. Just that is, that's what you do. That is what you do as far as I'm concerned. And it was lovely. Um, so in an episode that might be the weakest of the season, you also have one of the highest points as well. That's how it happens. Uh, then we get closure encounters, closure encounters. I loved, thought it was fantastic. I will say that I think overall, looking back on it now in the tapestry of the season, um, it is interesting to place the leap story. Like if I'm ranking leap stories, which I'm not going to do, but if I were, I don't necessarily know how high it would end up actually being. And that's weird because at the time it was, I, I was like, oh, Closure Encounters might be my favorite episode so far. And um, the introduction of Hannah was beautiful. Getting Hannah's theme, that music. Oh my God, I love that music so much. I can't wait to hear it again which I think we're going to hear in episode nine, because I'm pretty sure she's in episode nine. So I cannot wait to hear that again. Um, and then, you know, just the, the, yeah, the leap story itself was a lot of fun. There were some really, really, really great moments. The resolution was a little easy. It's also 45 minutes on network television. So it, it worked for me. Um, but that wasn't the draw of the episode in a way. The draw of the episode is we had, a, you know, wonderful, uh, you know, storyline um, overall, we had the incredible, impactful, just, I mean, out of this world, wonderful stuff with um, uh, Ben and Addison and seeing where their relationship was, seeing how upset Ben is, hurt Ben is, you know, where it's driving him and, 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 and what he's doing with that energy, um, how difficult it is for Addison to kind of handle that, how she's kind of like, almost willing to be his punching bag in a way, but she's clearly frustrated because it's like, you're not listening to me and I am trying to help you and your life is on the line. These people's lives are on the line. The leap is on the line. Um, and that was the, that was the best part of the episode. We also had, um, uh, Lewis Hertham as Sheriff Morgan, who was wonderful. And again, another one of those cases where it's just sort of like, man, I wish we got to, I wish he got to come back, you know, uh, but that's neither here nor there. It was just, uh, again, it was just a really, really strong episode and I enjoyed it a lot. Um, and then we get Lonely Hearts Club and I have to say that this episode continues to kind of almost grow in esteem for me, mainly because of the way that it subverts so much of what Quantum Leap 2022 has been up until this point um you know nearly every leap has had some sort of you know th there's been kind of some sort of adventure uh some sort of like action some sort of you know there's been something uh driving the plot that seems to be um 
I don't know. It it, it, it just felt very different in, in a very positive way. And, it you know, for, for an episode that kind of gets referred to as the rom-com episode, it doesn't really feel very much like a rom-com. Um, it, 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 if anything, it, it just it feels like um, I said it much better in the, the, the episode review and how I'm kind of blanking. But it's so it was so well done so well acted tim matheson was just was wonderful uh, a piece of guest casting um i thought that the you know that the, the 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 dynamic between ben and addison in the episode was just stellar exactly what it needed to be um we learned so much about um you know what had happened in the intervening three years uh so yeah so it was it was great i loved it one of my favorites of the season easily advanced things and moved us forward in some wonderful, wonderful ways. Um, you know, seeing the scene between Ian and Rachel as well. Love having Alice Krimmelberg back. And now that she's been back for a few episodes, it's awesome. Um, so yeah, just, I mean, wonderful stuff. And shout out to Erica Gimple because I feel like I didn't mention her nearly enough, but she is phenomenal as Laura. Um, just absolutely adored her performance. Um, so uh, yeah, I, I, Lonely Hearts Club, yeah, great, great, great episode. One Night in Koreatown. That's probably the most difficult episode for me to talk about in a lot of ways. There are things I deeply, deeply loved about this episode. And then there are other things that I did think were a little flawed. Um, it felt a little uneven to me in some ways. I really appreciated uh, pretty much everything that happened at the project, uh, everything that happened with Magic, seeing Beth again. All of that was wonderful. The end of the episode, Magic asking for help, saying he needed help. The, you know, so much of the episode, um, it, it resonated with me. And I thought that the, you know, taking a look at a historical event, knowing that Raymond Lee, this is something he had specifically been interested in, you know, seeing two talented writers like uh, Benjamin Rabb and Derek Hughes, you know, Derek Hughes, who, of course, um, you know, it, black and Asian and, 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 and what he was able to bring to the script. I mean, there's definitely a veracity to it, but it just felt a little uneven at times. And I think my initial impression was, I'm not so sure about this one. And then upon rewatch, I was like, oh yeah, no, I see it. I get it now. Um, but, but it just felt like maybe it was missing a little something. And I, you know, again, 45 minutes, to cram all of that into to tell that story is incredibly difficult. And so I appreciate the episode a great deal, but I do think that, you know, measured up against some of the others that maybe I would, I would, I'd probably say it was a little weaker um, overall. Uh, but again, you know, some incredible, incredible stuff as well. So it's, it's, it's hard to, you know, it's, it, it, it's hard to not appreciate it and love it for, for everything that it is. Um, so yeah, I, I think that that one night in Koreatown is an interesting episode uh, in that respect, um, and 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 I loved a lot about it. Um, so yeah, uh, then we get Secret History. Secret History is phenomenal. Uh, I could just stop there. It is it is an incredible episode. Drew Lindo knocked it out of the freaking park. Uh, Eliza as Hannah in this episode is just five stars across the board. Amazing. Um, Ray is fantastic as Ben seeing the interactions between Ben and Tom, uh, just magnificent stuff, you know, seeing kind of the way that Addison's feeling stifled, seeing her relationship with Tom, seeing some of her stuff with Ian. Like, I mean that the episode had so many wonderful moments, had so many incredible, um, 
set pieces, uh, uh, the intrigue of it all, the history of it all, the setting. One of the finest hours of Quantum Leap, period. Like, just loved it. Uh, then we get a kind of magic. Look, I I worked I worked hard, quite frankly, to to appreciate a kind of magic. Um, I did not. I think it's one of the weaker episodes overall. Um, I think that there were definitely some things that um, did not uh, achieve nearly as much as some of the others. I think sandwiched in between Secret History and Nomads is an unenviable position for it to be in because I think that some of the weaker elements uh, are brought more into the spotlight because it is between two great episodes. Um, I liked a lot about it. Uh, I loved the setting. Um, I have absolutely no problem with Ben traveling outside of his lifetime as anyone who listens to this podcast knows. I think that the conceit was done away with. It's done. It's over with. There's literally no point in talking about it anymore. And when I see posts about it, I just I don't understand. I don't. I don't. Um, the quibbles make no sense to me. Um, it's you know it's science fiction. It's made up. It's it's a fantasy story anyway. Like you can choose not to go with it, and that's entirely up to you. But I don't think leveling criticisms at it makes any sense to me. Um, the show is what the show is, and if it's not for you and you don't like it, that's okay. That's totally justifiable but it doesn't seem it doesn't seem like a valid criticism of the show anymore um it, it really just doesn't because the the notion that like anyone knows how quantum leap works more than the people writing quantum leap doesn't make sense especially considering that when you look at the classic series any rule that you thought existed was broken usually more than once like there was no one way that quantum leaping worked um you know sam was outside of his own lifetime on two separate occasions um so maybe three anyway uh yeah it, it, it happened and and yes they explained it away in 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 um the civil war episode whose name escapes me right now but you know it was it was um between the states anyway uh it, it was you know it was something that they were already playing with and already toying with going into the possibility of season six. So I think it makes sense. I have no problem with it. I loved it. I thought it was great. Uh, I, I love that aspect of the episode. I loved a lot of the stuff that, that, that happened, but, but the storyline just seemed to kind of move along in a way that felt it was, it moved, it moved pretty, it, it just moved in a, again, it's 45 minutes. You divide it between that and, and some of the stuff that's happening at the project. I get it. It's totally fine. There were some incredible moments. The scene between magic and Addison was absolutely wonderful. Caitlin did some phenomenal work there. Uh, Ernie was amazing. Um, yeah. I mean, and, 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 and that, and that stands true for the whole season. I mean, Caitlin has just been absolutely incredible stellar, you know, matching the stuff that Ray has done step for step and, and seeing the evolution of the two characters along the way has been wonderful. So I really enjoyed that. Um, but I think a kind of magic, I don't, I, I'm not saying that it certainly wasn't, it, it, Ben and Teller is the weakest episode without a doubt. A kind of magic had a lot going for it, but it didn't necessarily hit the highs of, 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 you know, some of the episodes from the rest of the season. Uh, and then we have Nomad. And, and I think that, I, you know, I've seen it three times. And the first time I saw it, the only thing that, that I didn't, connect with was uh oddly enough was barnes lou diamond phillips i was having a little difficulty and then i rewatched it and I, I got it and i was just sort of like oh that's what he's doing i get it that works i love it moving on but i loved the episode i loved everything about it i thought that it was just again it, that you know nomad and secret history 
are superb. Um, you know, the best hours of this iteration of Quantum Leap without a doubt so far. I cannot wait to see where they go next. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to speculate about that um, at this point, but I, I, I do think that obviously the love story between Ben and Hannah will be vital to the rest of the story. I think it's going to go some interesting places. I think that it will probably not go where anyone thinks it's going to go. Um, and I think that it's definitely a situation where, you know, go for the ride, go for the ride. And, and, um, yeah. And if it's not working for you and, you know, and, 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 and it's not for you, that's okay too. It really is. Um, and you can voice those opinions too. I'm not trying to say like, if you don't like it, shut up. And I, I definitely not like, um, some of it just doesn't necessarily compute with me, um, for whatever reason. Anyway, so there you have it. The, the, that's my view on uh, the the first half of, of, well, not first half really, but the first eight of season two. Uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing where we go next. Um, and hopefully we won't have to wait too long for that. Um, you might be hearing a cat right now wandering in. Um, so I will, I will wrap that up. I'll wrap this episode up actually. And um, just kind of take it back to what I talked about at the beginning. You know, I know, I know that this time of year especially can be difficult for a lot of people and make space for yourself and allow yourself to take care of yourself, to nurture yourself, to give yourself what you need. Um, because if you're struggling for whatever reason, in whatever way, most likely you're struggling because there's something that, you know, you didn't get that you needed or you're not getting that you do need. So try to find a way to give yourself what you need. And, um, and I think it starts with kindness and compassion for yourself for yourself. And you have that for yourself. You have kindness and compassion and patience for yourself. It ripples out. And then all of a sudden you find yourself having it for other people. So I think that's what the world needs. And I think it does. It starts from within. Um, it starts from within, you know, smile at someone if you want to. Um, sometimes just that can, can spark something, right? Um, anyway, Take care of yourselves. Take care of one another. Stay safe out there. If you want to support the show, you can head over to patreon.com slash fates wide wheel. Um, any level will get you access to the behind the scenes videos with JJ Lindell. Uh, you can also head over to jjlindell.com slash FWW shop for exclusive posters and clothing and other merchandise related to Fate's Wide Wheel and Quantum Leap and other shows, including Doctor Who. There'll be more to come very soon. Um, have a very, very, very happy holiday season, happy new year, and be good to one another, be good to yourselves, and remember to always, always leap responsibly. <laughs>